Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the hump day edition of the Best Bets show presented by Field of 68. The three-man weave is here to break down all the action today. Jim Root, Kai McKeon flanking me on the left and right. Matthew Cox running point. From the Center Command Center, a lot to get to today. We're going to kick off the program with a heavy duty breakdown of your Mizzou Tigers. But before we get to that, Jim, mm-hmm. some stuff happened last night. Um, enlighten the folks, whine, moan to the listeners, whatever you want, you know, whatever floats your boat. Now, I'll get to you next. Thanks. I don't really even want to sure. whine, Matt. I just want to commend Marquette. They are fantastic. Their offense, there's five games last night. Sorry, I, I stole your takeaway. Oh, no, man. I'm just you mad that I, I bet Satan Hall. I'll bitch about Satan Hall because that was just a whatever that's fine um yeah no marquette's fantastic the offense is maybe the best shaka has ever had probably the best shaka has ever had uh in in the past especially at texas it was always like all right we know they're going to defend will they be able to scrape out points and this team is just lethal tyler kolik is one of the best passers in the country igadaro they can play through as a big man they've got shooters cam jones is a ridiculous rim finisher like all kinds of acrobatic scoops and stuff around the bucket marquette's really good I, i think they are legitimate and a threat to be that number two team in the big east guy i agree i wrote down marquette's good that was my takeaway from last night my other takeaway was college basketball hiatus it was good i feel recharged i I needed the time off to reset myself it was nice not having to do shows every day no offense i love the show but i'm ready for conference play i'm ready to dive in too many games tomorrow whatever we're gonna get into it tonight though 
pretty good slate. Excited to watch the Tigers, of course. Matthew, that's a takeaway. Yep, I'm only partially offended by your uh, the joy you took in the hiatus from both me and Jim. Just but a little hey, that's I fine. had the same joy. Sorry, Matt. It must just be you. <laughs> I know. So no withdrawal from either of you. <laughs> okay, yeah. tough pill to swallow. Uh, hey, let's get to SEC action. First part of this show will be heavy SEC. Apologies to Auburn and Florida. You guys did not make the rundown. Uh, that's mostly uh, Florida's fault. But, I mean, Kentucky, Mizzou, Alabama, Mississippi State, Arkansas, LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss. We got some doozies. We're starting at the top with Big Blue Nation heading into Mizzou Arena. I would presume will be a rocking house tonight. Mizzou coming off the demolition of Illinois, which was, I don't know, Kai. Is that more Mizzou or more Illinois? You can tell us. Kentucky on the other side of the uh, of the coin, they have some issues right now. Uh, outside Case and Wallace, I'm not sure what about that team looks right. Everything points to Mizzou. However, that line is awfully tiny, in my opinion, plus three. Yeah, I agree. It's pretty small. It's funny that people say, oh, man, what's wrong with Illinois after that Mizzou lot? Hey, what's right with Missouri? That was impressive. Mizzou just took it to them, man. I mean, they beat them in every aspect of the game. You can say Illinois is in shambles right now. It might be going through a tough stretch, but gosh, this Mizzou team was impressive. They're still pretty good. Now, having said that, three points against Kentucky. As a Mizzou fan, that seems weird to me, especially the, the last 10 years or so. It's a sold-out crowd tonight Mizzou Arena. Didn't really work out against Kansas, but obviously not as big of a rivalry game here. There's going to be narrative spewed either way after this game. UK wins. It's back on track Kentucky, or Mizzou's not good. Who cares about this win? Mizzou sucks. They're frauds. If Mizzou wins, they're likely ranked, which would be cool for the Tigers, but it'll be Kentucky's in shambles, national media story. Oh, Kentucky fans call for Calipari's head. How could they lose to Mizzou? Blah, blah, blah. So get ready for the narratives after this game. In this game, Jim, I think Mizzou has to shoot well. That That's really the the long and short of it. They want to win this game. Oscar Shebe will have 20 rebounds. Pretty much that's a fact. I think their zone can give Kentucky issues. Make yeah. them be a jump shooting team. That's our Those, those are our only hopes there. Yeah, lock of the night is Shibway 20 or, or over 15 rebounds or whatever. Like, I just yep. don't see how he doesn't get that. I don't <clears> think he'll be in foul trouble, so he'll be out there. And he's just the energy level, the strength, the size is way more than anything uh, Mizzou can offer up against him. But I agree the zone is huge. I love the way Mizzou kind of paced that game out against Illinois. They started a little more slowly in that zone, forcing Illinois to kind of figure things out against it. And then when Danger came in, uh, they sped things up, really pressured, forced him to handle the ball like in the middle against traps and stuff. Uh, I thought it was a really, really good game plan by Mizzou. Probably need to do something similar here. Keep Kentucky out of the paint, force him to shoot over the top and make sure it's the right guys. Like you can let Wheeler shoot. You can let Toppin shoot. You can let Livingston shoot. Uh, But try not to let it be Frederick and Reeves. Those are the guys you really want to key in on. Uh, And then Matt, I'm curious what Kentucky does here. First true roadie. Um, do they give the ball a little more to Casey Wallace, but he's a freshman. Like he had nine assists against Florida AM. I, I think the team and mm-hmm. Florida AM's coach said it. They're better when severe wheelers off the floor and, and Wallace is running the show because there's just more balance. You don't have three non-shooters on the floor at one time. I, I got a lot going in different directions here. I, I think Mizzou is more cohesive as a team right now and is more figured out. So I lean their way, but I had no edge on the number. And Matt, I just felt like I should sit this one out given it's my alma mater. Yeah, I'll be sitting this one out. I was actually intrigued by the total. It's been bet down five points. It opened 153 down to 148. And if you've watched Mizzou basketball this year, right, if you're watching watching Mizzou basketball, you're like, under is the worst bet on planet Earth. However, the pace underlying 
indicators did show that first half is a little bit slower. You're right, Jim, the zone was a big part of that. And I wonder if Mizzou leans heavily on that in tonight's matchup where you're right, they kind of mixed a match with it against Illinois. When Mizzou pulls the plug on the zone, I mean, there's no stopping how many points get in, um, you know, come through in this game, whether it's Kentucky making shots with Wallace heating up, whether it's Kentucky getting to the glass, whether it's Mizzou racing up and down and hitting transition threes in five seconds. Um, who knows? But I think over is a great play, especially at the current price, getting five extra points of value. Uh Shall we continue on? Um, getting some feedback that I'm loud. I'll turn down my mic. I apologize if I'm blasting the waves, but I'm at a 7.5 on my uh, decibel scale here, which is pr- pretty, pretty standard, really, Kai. Uh, next game Mississippi State, Stark Vegas playing host to Alabama. It's a short spread. Um, I guess it's short if you don't believe in the Mississippi State of near undefeated start. They have showed. Some weaknesses late, Kai, um, and Chris Jans has been awfully critical of his team. One of the coaches out there who will basically, um, wow. you know, yeah, he's yeah. been a little bit uh, underwhelmed with his performances coming down the stretch. They've lost some of their juice um, and eventually ruined their undefeated season. But, hey, conference play, uh, no reason to think they're not up for this one with Alabama coming to town. Is there a matchup, uh, you know, concern here for Alabama going against this pack line D? Maybe a little bit. Yeah, they're, Mississippi State's looking to get back on track, right? That, that loss against Drake. Pretty tough, but man, those Marquette and Utah wins on a neutral floor are are looking really good right now. They're aging well. Bama's been awesome. Clowney's back tonight for them. He's very important for this team. Burnett probably still out. They've been okay without him. I think they can handle that loss. Miss Day can punch him in the mouth. It's going to be a knock him down, drag him out style of game. Have to take care of the ball if you're, Miss, if you're Alabama. Excuse me. And Alabama's been pretty sloppy with the ball this year. They they tend to turn it over a little bit. So if Miss State can go toe-to-toe athletically and size-wise with Bama, which I think they can, I think it's going to be a pretty tough game for Alabama. My gut says Mississippi State gets this done, Jim, but I do agree with Matt. It is a bit of a short line. Surprising to see. Yeah, my, my gut was heavy tied here. So we are our, our oh. guts are at war. Warring guts. One. Alabama's already gone into a hostile road environment against physical defensive True. stalwart and won, and that was Houston. And Houston is better than Mississippi State. I don't think I'm – making any sort of great revelation to say that uh, I, I think Mississippi state's going to have a heck of a time scoring here. Their offense is outright terrible uh, and they couldn't score against Drake. I think that's really caught up with them here. Shaquille Moore being out would be huge here. He's kind of a dynamic get into the lane guy. Also a big part of their ball pressure and taking advantage of that sloppy Alabama ball handling you mentioned. I just think Alabama shuts them down defensively. They might get Dom Welch back here, uh, which kind of offsets the Burnett thing a little bit, gives him another shooter to go over the top of this Mississippi State defense. And I don't think Tolu Smith can score inside against Betty Ako and Clowney. I just think that's too good of a defensive tandem in their match. So I leaned Alabama, but I have bought in on Jans enough that my rating made this number about what it is. So I didn't end up betting it, but I, I really lean that way. And I'm kind of trying to talk myself into taking the tide. I'm with Jim on this one. I stayed away because I gave a pretty hefty home court to Mississippi State. I, I Obviously, it's a conference game, conference opener. With all the momentum that team has going for it right now, despite the late non-conference loss. Just worry that that home court in the middle of uh, Christmas slash New Year's break for the kids won't have the same uh, mojo that it usually would. So I don't know. I, I want to hear those cowbells out in full force tonight. Let's get them rocking. Let's get Nate Oates throwing the, the, uh, the crimson coat by halftime. All right, uh, next game here, continuing with the SEC theme. Jim, going to you for a game in which I have a hard road favorite lane. Arkansas going into Baton Rouge, playing the Go Tigers Go LSU, a team that I think is fraudulent 
Expand on yeah, that thought. The record's <laughs> fraudulent. Like they're eleven and one, but they're not like some NCAA tournament beast right now. Like they, Kai, they have played no one. You talk. You want to talk Correct. about Zoo's schedule being soft? LSU's is terrible. They've played no top fifty teams at all. Only loss was Kansas State, who's barely outside the top fifty. They haven't really covered a lot of big spreads, which is why they kind of cratered in Ken Palm. I just, yeah, I don't think they're very good. Um, you, what you mentioned about the home crowd at Mississippi State could also be true here at the PMAC, Pete Maravich Assembly mm-hmm. Center. But they do get Milani Wilkinson back, who I think is really important. Uh, active defender, good finisher, can hit the corner threes when those are left open. And I don't know about Arkansas right now. Like they, Brazil out is probably uh, tolerable, and I think they've dealt with that well. But no Nick mm. Smith Jr. takes away a lot of juice for them. They look good in Maui without him, but that was, you know, they're kind of back and forth. They went to overtime against San Diego State, who hasn't been that sharp. Now on the road here in SEC play, I kind of lean towards LSU. The market's bought this down, Kai, so I don't really want it at four. Yeah. Um, at five and a half, I, I lean towards the Tigers here. It's kind of just to stay away right now. My number said to bet LSU. I politely said, no, thank you. And the reason is because I agree with Matt. I think they're pretty much a fraudulent team at this point. Their only good win is Wake, and they were down 20 in that game. They're 4-8 and eight against the spread. They're 1-6 and six against the spread the last seven games, and most of those are against mid-majors. They haven't been a very good team. I think SEC play is going to be a bit of a different animal for them. Uh, I, I do not see this team making the tournament or, or finishing the top half of the SEC. I have not been impressed. And Arkansas's depth appears to be making up for the Brazil loss, Jim. I agree. Nick Smith will see. Maybe it catches up to them uh, in SEC play, but I, I don't know about tonight. It is their first true road game, Matt, this Arkansas team. They are pretty young, but the talent is so one-sided, and I even think the coaching edge lies with Arkansas as well. So spot number, lean LSU, kind of brain, leans Arkansas. Right. I think the Arkansas depth up front has been pretty impressive. Like the Mitchell twins and the other guys that have stepped in has have been really, that's what gives me confidence. If you're looking to back Arkansas here on the road, um, but no Nick Smith, I worry about the depth in, at the backcourt um, for, uh, for pick Sue, which is not a position you want to be a little bit thin on heading into a hostile, uh, hostile-ish. We'll see how many people show up for this one. Hostile SEC road tilt uh, in late December. Final SEC game on the rundown. We're going to Landshark Central Gym. Ole Miss hosting Tennessee. The Vols have been not UConn good, but not a whole lot worse, though, either. Just look at their last, I don't know, five games. Just absolute dominance all the way through. Um, Even the Arizona game was mighty impressive. Like, no one expected them to go in there and actually win that game outright. Um, At least I didn't. And they were dominant against Maryland. They were up, what, 25 points? That game's misleading. I am terrified as I sit here holding my plus, what do I have, eight? something Ole Miss, but I think this is a great spot to back Landshark, despite their brutal home loss to North Alabama last game. What was that? Why? Yeah, Why? That was weird. I don't know if it was look ahead, sleepy, whatever was going on there was really poor out of Ole Miss. Uh, but yeah, Matt, I lean the same way. I, I'm sitting on Ole Miss plus nine. It's down to seven, seven and a half, some other places. People are clearly buying the Rebels, think they're going to muck this up. And Kai, history indicates that would be the case. Nine mm-hmm. of the last 10 meetings between these two have gone under. And it makes sense. Um, Ole Miss really struggles to score in the half court. Tennessee's got a great defense. And then Ole Miss changes defenses. And Rick Barnes teams never really deal well with zones and different looks and trying to decode that and adapt all the time. So, yeah, the history trend definitely makes you lean under. (laughs) Under makes you lean dog in a a bigger spread, home spread Mm -hmm. like this. Definitely lean Ole Miss. But down at seven, I'm going to pump the brakes and not like broadly recommend it. Yeah, situationally, I think it's a good time to back on this. Uh, off terrible loss, right? Off their lowest point of the year. 
Deshaun Ruffin had, now has five games under his belt. It's been eight days since he's played last. Should be as ready as we've seen him. Um, they're at home, first conference game, kind of a fresh slate for them. Their their non-con resume isn't terrible. They still have a chance to make the tournament. They're not dead by any means. And Jimmy mentioned these matchups historically close. So Kermit Davis against Tennessee, he's covered three out of four games he's played against them. They're they're one and one straight up at home. They're two and zero against the spread at home against Tennessee. And I agree that zone is going to cause the balls issues. We remember the Oregon State game from two years ago in the tournament. If Ole Miss can keep Tennessee off the glass, easier said than done. They have a chance here. And Matt, the question, of course, on offense, can they score? Tennessee is the best defense right now in the Ken Palm era. They need Ruffin to produce. They need to hit the glass hard. I think it's too many points. I lean towards the Rebels. Yeah, I read a little bit more about this Ole Miss thing. I, I did not take note of the issues that Kermit's dealing with on like the rotations. Like he's not really playing Ruffin and Abram together. Just kind of odd. Like, I'm not sure if he doesn't feel he can or he just hasn't felt comfortable doing so. Um, but the big point here is defensively, we talked about it. I just think he needs to dip deep into his bag of defensive tricks tonight, plot all the zone, um, you know, chameleon type defenses, really thwart this Tennessee offense. That's been, I mean, they leave the nation in his history. It's just not a team you think would be a, a great passing team, but that's how good they've been. That's how connected they've been this year on offense. So terrifying concoction when you have talent and unselfishness, and that's what they have. Hey, it's chat mob time. Jim, you are czarring, so please take it away. Sure am. Uh, Matt, going right back to you. Out west, Timmy Miles and San Jose State Spartans are hosting UNLV. I don't know if you guys saw the little thing where uh, Keyshawn Gilbert was almost unable to get there for this game. He didn't arrive with the team. He had to fly separately because of all the flight snafus. But he got there yesterday, made shoot around. They are full strength. Do you have a take on this one? Uh, he does matter, so it's a good note. Yes. Um, I think the line's about right. I just think San Jose State's awesome, like relative to their program standards. Um, and but it is a short spread, Kai. You know, five at home, so I stayed away. Uh, Kai, a lot of chatter about this one in the chat here. Bradley at Belmont, uh, real split opinions here. Mm-hmm. I think maybe less as the weave have split opinions. <clears throat> what is your opinion? The line's right. It should be about a pick. That's what it is. Uh, I think Bradley could be the best team in the Valley. I'll probably put them behind Drake right now. Belmont first. Uh, well, no, actually, it's like the third Valley game for these teams, I guess. So it's not a first Valley game for them. Uh, home court means a lot for Belmont. They do have a strong home court. But I'm scared of this Bradley team, fully healthy. They could be the best team in the league. This all to say I'm staying away. The line is correct. I know you guys kind of have differing opinions. I'm right on the fence. Yeah. I hate my opinion. I'm leaning towards oh, Belmont, but I just think Bradley's fantastic and their defense yeah. scares me. And I know Matt likes Bradley. So lean that way. Yeah. Love Bradley. I think the number's right, but just gut screams Bradley. I just think they're awesome. Look in the back. Matt, Florida, Auburn, SEC game that did not make the outline. Gators look really dicey. Auburn is better at home. What do you think here? I took a little money line, small. I don't really have a good rationale for it, to be honest. Um, I just think it could be a game on Florida. Correct, yes. Um, At five and a half, basically plus 200, two to one odds. You can probably find that out there somewhere if you're interested or you're going to look at what Florida's done against good teams this year, which has been basically nothing, um, and see that they're going into Auburn, which is a terrible place to back any team, and just stay away. That's probably the right logic to follow, but if you trust Maddie's gut, then I would take plus two to one on a little money line. It'd be Auburn or nothing for me. I don't. I don't like the vibes around Florida right now. Uh, Kai, speaking of strange vibes around a team, New Mexico State Mm. has had a lot going on. They are back home now hosting Southern Utah in a whack, the whack opener for Southern Utah. What do you think of the Aggies? 
I leave Mexico State here, minus five. Markets with Southern Utah. I understand it. They're a good team. They have a lot of talent. Lines feels maybe a little bit high, but I think New Mexico State's awesome. They thrive in the whack, even with a new coach. I think they're going to be a power top three team in this league. So I'm leaning towards New Mexico State. Yeah. And as we, we, I think we talked on our action podcast, Anthony Roy should play for New Mexico State. Shooter. He's only allowed to play at home. He is on probation and cannot travel with the team. Wild program. Wild stuff. Yep. Uh, Matt Dayball tip UNC Wilmington in a conference game at Monmouth, a colonial game here. 12 point spread, I think, uh, Bet Rivers right now. Do you trust the Seahawks? Or are you going to back King Rice and his boys at home? No, I got duped by King Rice. They played two good games in a row, and it sounded like they kind of really bought in. Their roster is not awful. It's not good. It's not terrible. Then they get rolled by Princeton, and then I backed. It's not very good. It's not absolutely god awful atrocious. The, I don't the believe roster that. Roster is god awful atrocious. I'll okay, that, I disagree <laughs> with that. It's very bad. It's not god awful atrocious, but I think the right side is Wilmington here. Um, I, I think I got this moment thing wrong. I thought they're horrible to start. I should just continue to stick with that narrative that they're horrible. So fade them. Yeah, and Wilmington's just like been such a juggernaut the last couple of years. Yeah, they don't. They're awesome, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, Kai conference game in the American. Wichita State, the shock, headed on the road to Orlando, taking on UCF. Mm-hmm. Super low total here. The market's betting the underdog. What do you think? Yeah, it makes sense with the total being around 124. You would lean towards a dog in that sense. Less points, higher chance of covering. Uh, but I think UCF's really good. I think they have the horses to beat Wichita by more than two possessions. And I tend to lean towards Wichita more in the roundhouse than on the road. Yeah. Uh, all right, Matt, one more before we go back to the outline. Go to the A10 from Graham Haynes here. Duquesne at Dayton. Sounds like Duquesne is healthier with Tevin Brewer and RJ Gunn available. Dayton not healthier with Smith and Elvis likely still out. Does that sway you on a bet here? Uh, not really. I had most of that priced in. Um, I the line does feel big just at first gut, right? If you're just trying to do a uh, a two second handicap, look at the line. What's it feel like to you? It does feel too big, but my number is about what it is. And I think Dayton has played better lately, so I'm not like rushing to fade them right now. All right, before we go to the outline kind, you get you get another A10 game just because yes. uh, it's been asked about Davidson at Fordham. Chat's talking about it. Quisenberry is in for Fordham. Yes. We don't know what the deal is with Davidson. They're really up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we get an up Davidson or a down one here? I hope so. I lean Davidson. And I, I I'm not buying into the Fordham hype. People a lot of people talking about Fordham, how good they are. Strength the schedule guy is pretty bad. The some of the results are kind of iffy. I think Davidson can get it done on the road. Yeah, I'm weirdly sort of buying Fordham. I, can't I am too, Jim. I technically Davidson's the right bet here. I just didn't. I couldn't get there. I know. I'm kind of buying yeah, Fordham too. From, I hate yeah, it from a program <sighs> lens. Like Davidson Pickham and Fordham is insane, but uh, I don't know. I, I think the program stuff's mattering a little less and less in the transfer portal era and new it's coach true. at Davidson, even though it is his son. All right, All right Matt. I'll go back to you to the outline. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, 
thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We got two Big East tilts back-to-back to start us off. Kai, going to you first. St. John's. The Johnny's hosting the mm-hmm. X-Men, and I believe Luke Harnaseka Arena. This will be uh, on the on-campus uh, side, which I think kind of matters to me. It's kind of a more of an intimate, hostile place to go into. That pressure, Kai, uh, will be buzzing that place should be buzzing. Xavier, are they a different team away from home? They're really good, but I think they're scary good at home. Um, what do you make of this this handicap? I don't necessarily think so. I think they're still a really good team. I think they're much better than St. John's. Uh, St. John's has no wins against top 80 in Kempom. Survived Syracuse in overtime after being down 10. Survived Temple after being down 13. It's not a great team. They're overrated. Their value is too high right now. They've only played two teams in the top 80. They lost both by double digits. That was Villanova and Iowa State. Now, those games were on the road. St. John's clearly a better home team. That's true. But I'm not worried about Johnny's pressure bothering Xavier. They have multiple ball handlers to handle the pressure. If they don't turn it over, that basically cripples St. John's offense. Can't get out in transition if they don't force live ball turnovers. Xavier has plenty of front court size to compete on the glass. That's St. John's other major advantage on offense. And Sean Miller is a better coach than Mike Anderson, in my opinion. So Xavier at minus two is actually my best bet. I am taking the Muskies. Muskies, a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I, they can maybe dominate in the paint here. Soriano's been fantastic for St. John's. Like, credit to him. He has mega improved, mm-hmm. but he's only one man against an onslaught of Nunji and, and Fremantle coming at him inside. And I think Sean Miller will, he plays pack line stuff, but they've been taking away the three-point line this year. I think he will adjust that narrow the shell and force St. John's to shoot over the top, which they're a horrific shooting team. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Xavier feels right there, but maybe it's more like the Alabama Mississippi state one where I, I like this short road favorite and we'll see what the home court sure. brings here. Uh, but Matt, I'm, I'm with Kai. I lean towards Xavier. Lean towards Xavier too. Make it a consensus gut sweep here. Yeah. And Jim, you mentioned the Arkansas LSU parallel short road favorite where yeah, you have to respect home court, but it's the first conference game. I think it's a big opportunity for Xavier to you know go on the road, prove themselves, get a second big uh, conference win. Look pretty impressive on the East Coast against Georgetown. Um, I would imagine they look really good here again today. My, I just Xavier, they all know their roles so well. I just like the makeup of this team. Good like team. Sean Miller has really instilled like, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. It all just kind of works to me. Like the feel of the Muskies. Um, next up, we got UConn. The big bag Husky Shim hosting Villanova. Um, and this is not our father's UConn, I guess. Well, no, actually, it probably is. It's not our older brother's UConn. It's a really good UConn team. And laying 12 to Villanova is an absolutely bananas concept, but that's where we are in 2022-23 slash as we turn the page. Money coming in on the Wildcats down to 12. Thoughts? It's probably right. I mean, again, like we talked about program stuff already on this show, it Villanova at this stage of its program being 12 point dogs to UConn seems crazy, but mm-hmm. UConn is amazing every time they play. Uh, I know they didn't cover against Georgetown, but I think they were probably taking them lightly as 20 point favorites. And 
we saw when they really got engaged late, they still won by double digits yeah. after being down by double digits. It was wild. Uh, so I kind of fear UConn. Kai, I think they can beat Villanova up inside. Nova's got to shorten this game as much as possible. Long possessions. Yeah. Don't turn the ball over. Get back on defense if you make or miss a three. I just don't think you can do that against this UConn team. They're just too good. So I made this right about what it is. I'm staying away. It, yeah, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. It's first time in at least 20 years. Nova's been a 12-point dog to anybody. Um, it seems nuts. But I think UConn's that good. I took a little bit of UConn minus 12, and that's kind of against Did what, you really? my, wow, what, what my normal principles would be, which would be back Villanova. UConn has not played a game within double digits the entire year. I know Georgetown was up on them. Like Jim said, they won the game by double digits. They played with their food. They never were out of, out of control in that game. Uh, I'm buying Villanova going forward, but this is a tough matchup for them. You have Andre Jackson guarding Cam Whitmore most likely. Jackson might be the best defender in college basketball. That's a perfect guy to shut him down or at least guard him. Sonogo and Klingon are going to have a field day inside. And Sonogo is mobile enough to stick with Dixon if he goes out to the perimeter. So it's basically UConn has too many weapons, too much length. I think they make a statement here. I know Dan Hurley is up for this game, and he wants to to make a statement saying we are the Big East champions. Um, I like UConn here. Kai, how do you feel about the chat saying first half UConn? Yeah, sure. Why not? I think you kind of wears people down with depth too, right, Matt? Like, so I don't well, see an edge first played, half or play nine, 10 guys. Yeah. Yeah. This I don't know. My exa- first half first full game have been terrible the last two weeks. Like, <laughs> like legitimately cost me probably four units on my main board plays, just playing, hitting, picking the wrong one on each. So I have no take, uh, no informed take there. Um, under is my final. Um, Oh boy, I would never take an under in a UConn game. Never will. I think Nova absolutely suffocates the pace. I don't think they can score like more than 50 points against that length on defense, but I think that pace it will be uh, low, low, low. Next up, we're going out west, Jimmy. We got two Mountain West games to conclude our outline. We'll be back to chat mob round two. Nevada hosting Boise State, a game that I am dissenting from what appears to be a pretty popular consensus uh, that's backing Boise here. A key personnel question marks on both sides, most notably Marcus Shaver for Boise. Um, I, I kind of assumed, I tried to be conservative in my handicap and assume he'd play, and I still think Nevada's too cheap here at minus two. I believe that's the current price. Yeah, two and a half at some shops, but you can get Nevada minus two. That's where I like. Yeah, I don't that's mean to I jinx live. you. I hope I'm not, but I feel like you've had as good a read on Nevada as anyone's had on any team. I have. I've had a good Nevada read. On Thank or you. against Nevada this year, Thank so you. props to you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I I couldn't touch this game without knowing if Shaver's in. I think he is like that important. Where if he's in, it could flip you to Boise. If he's out, then Nevada probably has some serious edge. Uh, Nevada might get Himes and Foster back to their front court pieces that I think matter a decent amount for them. I don't know, Kai. I I haven't had the same read on Nevada, <clears> so I'm <throat> choosing to stay away unless Shaver's in. Then maybe yeah. I'll get in on Boise, but probably not. Interesting game. Uh, Boise finally cracked last game against Santa Clara. It was a yeah. dud second half. They played, had a great first half, and they just disappeared. And Nevada was pretty much run ragged with injuries in the non-con. They get a much-needed break. They're a lot healthier right now. I would say it's a pretty evenly matched game between these two teams, but that's assuming Shaver's back for Boise. And I agree that he's huge. You need to know if he's in or out of the lineup. Nevada, obviously, at home gives them an edge. I think they can match up physically with Boise. It's probably a pretty ugly game. Both teams have pretty strong defenses, especially Boise, and both can lag offensively. So I would lean Nevada in this game in a short spread. I would lean towards the under. I got nothing strong. 
Shouts to the metric panda for the uh, the best point in this game. Last time I checked, Boise just has tall players that can't shoot. Boom! I'll add that to my list of reasons why I'm backing Nevada mm-hmm. here. And uh, to Pat's comment, yes, Sometimes we all need it to. Works. It does work. And we all need to circle the wagons here and back the pack. I promise you two is too cheap. I know it's going to play like a low game. Oh, no. It's not going to be like a blowout. No, I'm not going to lock it in. I just think that Nevada is the right side here. I'm I'm kind of selling Boise as a as a as side for a later date to be discussed. People, uh, hate let's take our fi- people hate defense. They do. I do hate defense, um, as evidenced by our intramural effort this past summer. Kai, Jim, to you for our final game on the outline. We're going back to the pit. They're going loco in Lobo land when the Colorado State Rams come to town. And oh boy, has there been money coming in early on the dog. It opened at what I would think is an erroneous eight number at eight, now down to six, five and a half at some shops. Um, just feels like the number has been bet into and I'm now staying away. Yeah. Maybe there's still a little, I, I would maybe still like it at six. I don't love it as much at five and a half, but I saw someone in the chat saying, talk me out of Colorado state plus six. I won't, I won't do that. Um, I think they're a different team with Stevens in. They won at St. Mary's. This isn't a team that is hopeless and in, in tough road environments. And it's a conference game. Like this isn't going to be a, Dog gets down and quits, rolls over like they kind of did at Colorado, which is weird in a rivalry game. But I think they'll hang in with this one. I'm worried that Udeze could have a huge game inside for New Mexico because Colorado State doesn't have a lot of beef in the paint. And Udeze has been fantastic on the block. But I think the guard matchup is great with Stevens and co uh, against Mashburn and House. I think this game ends up being closer to a, a coin flip. So I would lean towards the dog. Yeah, I like the spot a lot better for Colorado State. Um, we get to kind of sell, in quotes, New Mexico at its peak. Or maybe it's not at its peak, who knows. And we get a, a little bit of an undervalued Ram squad, I think. Um, the problem is Colorado State's too inconsistent for me to trust. I still don't know what version we're getting every night. The pit is a super tough place to play, especially when they're good, right? I mean, the fans show up. It's it's one of the best environments in college basketball. So I hear. I have not been to a game. It's all hearsay for me. Um, need to go. New Mexico has a ton of firepower. Their confidence is sky high. There's no reason they can't win this game. The spread does feel a touch high. It did feel a touch high. I think it's come down more to where it should be. I'm still a huge fan of Medved, which has me kind of leaning towards Colorado State. I'm very curious what the chess match looks like here. But maybe, Matt, it's also worth noting that New Mexico got swept by Colorado State last year. They lost by 15 at home last year to Colorado State. Perhaps that's part of this uh, uh, motivation to really take it to the Rams tonight. I'm staying away. Yeah, stay away at the current number. That's, you know, plain and simple for me. I was almost tempted. It keeps going down to back New Mexico, which would be very against the grain to my general against the grain nature. Um, but I think Colorado State still has major issues on defense that they've kind of smoke and mirrored in some of their latest efforts. I'm not quite certain are solved yet. All right, chat mob round two, Jimbo. Take it away. Hi, MVC from Harry, Missouri State at Northern Iowa. I was excited to maybe back Northern Iowa with Heisey back, and then it was announced he's out for the year. So, yeah. mind on that. What do you think? Uh, kind of surprised the market was on Northern Iowa, but that's the way I'd, I'd, I'd lean as well. Um, I liked them closer to one. I think Northern Iowa is going to be really tough at home. I think they're going to get better and better throughout Valley play. Young team, really good coach. They seem to fit pretty well together, even with Heisey out of the lineup. Uh, I lean towards Northern Iowa. There. Uh, Matthew, out west from Pat. Air Force at San Diego State. Your boys, the show at Viejas there. Man, the air troops have been really, really good lately. What do you think? Troops. San Diego State can't beat anyone by 17. I'm selling this this Aztec team as a favorite specifically. 
as a yeah, favorite they, specifically. They just blew out Kennesaw, but it was such a terrible travel spot. For Horrible spot, like on two days rest. Yeah, third game, good defensive team that's going to muck it up. I would I would lean that way as well. Kai, another day tip here: uh, Maryland Eastern Shore at Columbia. I know you are Columbia's biggest fan on the planet. Mm-hmm. So, what do you, what do you think here? I hate them. In fact, I'm taking <laughs> Maryland Eastern Shore. Uh, I took Eastern Shore minus one. Market hasn't moved. They don't care about Big Kai. They don't give a crap about where Kai's money lays. Uh, yeah, Maryland Eastern Shore is much more athletic. They're a better team. Uh, they're healthier. They they had some guys in and out of the lineup. And I do not respect Columbia at all. I'm sorry. They've played a little bit better as of late. That's for sure. But I, I think Maryland Eastern Shore can win this game. Yeah, Eileen Eastern. They're just a feisty non-conference team. They, they have been for, for two years now. Matthew, in the, the DMV area, Jay Letterman wants to know about Toppin State at Richmond. Do you trust Richmond's kind of precision offense against kind of somewhat sloppy Coppin State team? Yeah, I do. I don't trust Richmond to get stops, though, um, enough to cover 14. I think the over is the best play if you're looking to get involved in this one. Um, Coppin State, on a short turnaround time to prepare for Richmond's offense, does not sound good. Richmond, I, I don't think they can necessarily stop Coppin State with um, – you know, with, with, with confidence. So I'd lean over 146 and a half. I think 150 is a pretty, pretty safe uh, target. All right. All right. Um, Dan Ness asked about Houston at Tulsa. I'm going to holster that to the end of best bets. So I'm going to save that <laughs> um, even though we're almost there uh, and Matt hates holstering, but I'm going to do it anyways. It's just so yeah. obvious, Jim, just such an obvious best bet, you know, isn't think, it? I don't think, I don't think, you know, I don't think they know what it is. Okay. Um, Tom Sheehan, Matt Mountain West, Wyoming at Fresno state. I know you are a Fresno hater. I think today I agree with you. Yeah, unfortunately, if you're betting now, you are the last in line. Uh, it opened at three. It's now down to pick, and there's just no value on either side. I, I'm i not going to bet Wyoming at pick them, um, but you are right, Jim. This, this Fresno team does not exude confidence uh, in me at all. Yeah, Wyoming has just played Dayton and St. Mary's, two like, root canal defenses. Now they play Fresno. In tough spots, too. Yeah, right. Hopefully they're used to that kind of a an opponent they're kind of getting used to playing without ek kai chicago state super feisty non-conference dog here Mm -hmm. they're at ball state Uh, i wanted to point one thing out they've been down a couple rotation guys in their last three games have been like 60 possessions only feels like chicago state's trending towards an under team Mm -hmm. but that's also had to do with their opponents slow teams uh do you have a take on the side or total i'm not fading chicago state they they've been very good as a double-digit dog which they basically are every game uh, I'd lean their way against Ball State. I didn't take it. I'm probably not going to bet on Chicago State or against them all year. Jim, markets bet it down six points on that total. Opened 143. Now it's down to 137, 136 and a half. Market smart. Market saw the same thing I did. They just played a lot slower lately, and I think that matters. I think that's correct. Ball State also willing to play slow games sometimes too. Nick Cronin guy at, at the helm. Matthew from Matt Akers. Matt in the chat. Harvard at Maine. Maine's been pretty feisty so far this year harvard is back in the eastern time zone where tommy amaker is not as successful what do you think i don't know harvard could play a game on the south pole in 12 hours rest and have a pretty good effort based on what i've seen they also looked really good against kansas i'm like all the way in on harvard based on one game so that's called the sample (laughs) size fallacy do not do what i (laughs) what i'm preaching there but i did give harvard a substantial upgrade because i just thought they looked really good so um but yeah i can't imagine they're like all the way fired up to play maine after what they just went through over the holiday break uh, Kai, I think this is the last one in the chat. Ryder at Georgia. Hmm. I don't know if we love Mike White as a big favorite, but single digits only for Ryder. Ah, this is tough. I got absolutely nothing in this game, Jim. Absolutely nothing. I don't think Georgia's that bad. 
but yeah, I don't like Mike White as a huge favorite either. Yeah, I, Kyron Lindsay just transferred from Georgia. It might be addition by subtraction. On off stuff says they're better without chemistry. Him. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think that could be an okay thing for Georgia there. Uh, all right, I believe that is it for chat questions. Matt, why don't you give your best bet if you haven't? I can't remember if you have. I know Kai revealed his. I did. Did I share my best bet? Oh, yeah, I did. Well, in the behind-the-scenes chat, which obviously those who are watching are tuning in to find out, I am backing in, or not Indiana State, Illinois State today. Get the right Midwest State. Correct, Matthew. They're coming to our backyard, fellas, at the uh, esteemed pavilion in which, oh, I don't know, 55 total people will be in attendance. If you gave anything above 0.5 for home, you are out of your mind. There will be more Illinois State fans here than Illinois oh, Chicago yes. fans. Yeah. I probably overreacted to the Northwestern drumming in which I was on the Flames, um, but I just don't think this team's that consistent, and I th- really think Illinois State's a buy low right now. Um, I like that coach. They had some struggles early on. They got healthier. Uh, Liam McKesney is supposed to be back tonight and starting. I think he's a critical piece for them up front as a defender, kind of an offensive uh, glue guy in the middle. I think this game um, is one that Illinois State steals on the road, on the road, even though it's basically a, a nothing road spot. So ISC Red. Plus one. A couple hours. I bet, I two, bet Matt two and a half. said Liam Chesney's name more than any show yes. in history. Yes, promise you. <laughs> I have like 10 players I like way more than everyone else. That is absolutely <laughs> yeah. one of them. I'll make my list official someday. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Kai. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I got Xavier minus two. Go Muskies on the road against a team in St. John's that I don't think is very good. Love it. Uh, yeah, mine is Houston first half. I'm siding with the chat on this one. Uh, I think they're just a fantastic first half team. Tulsa is terrible in the paint. Like they just don't really have bodies. I think Houston will beat them up on the glass, really harass them because they have limited offensive weapons. That's, that's a disaster recipe against Houston's defense. And here we go. Got it. Now last four years, Kelvin Sampson, 65 and 44 against the spread in the first half, the number five ranked coach in the entire country in first halves over that span. They're just a really good first half team. I think they show it again today. It's minus 12 at Bet Rivers, which is a bummer because I know there are other books. It's better, but that is the the book of record. That is our beloved sponsor. So minus 12, first half, Houston. That's my best bet. Love it. Winners galore is what I spy. Hey, come back and join us tomorrow. There is a lot of games. I feel bad for whoever's chat czaring. I think it might be me. So I feel bad for those watching the show and have to listen to me chat czar. But hey, until that time, good luck tonight. Let's build up some a buffer of equity before we get some big, big slates Thursday and then Saturday's been Um, Until then, take care. Good luck. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.